Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, we all um, we all cracked open yesterday. I felt like with Esther sharing from her heart saying, you know, it, kind of like how much time is this going to take and us all just joining in the in the power of the moment time kind of disappeared and we were all together in that experience of, of one mind and also with that movie just going over the themes of letting go of the intellect and letting go of the I know mind and the simplicity of being cared for, clueless, cared for, and carefree. I think it was Rich who reminded us. And yeah, just that even if we don't know our best interest, which is of course what the Course says, we don't know our best interest. God has this giant plan that we can't mess up and we get, we get sucked into reality if, if that's our desire. And in the end, it's inevitable. And yeah, Julie got to share a few times with all the synchronicities of her son and letting go of learning and and focusing on the unlearning and letting who we are be revealed. So I think the the main theme for me yesterday was just really not knowing and trying to stay open to what what Jesus would have for us. And in that theme, yeah. I guess we saw that too, even at the end of the kindness diaries, when that man who really was just sitting there giving all his love to this white British guy, you know, in the end, he didn't expect it. He thought his kindness was everything. He just offered him this trip to Jerusalem. It was like a symbol that when you give, when you give your heart to your brother in terms of what, whatever the call is, it must come back to you. It must come back to you. And it came back to him tenfold. I think that was even in the lesson today where I am spirit. He said, if you give him a little piece of your heart and willingness to see that you are not from this world, he will bring it back to you tenfold. And so we saw that in the kindness diaries when he got his trip to Jerusalem. So we all cracked open and I think it's a perfect time to go into any more nuances and questions. So I'm going to I'm going to thank you and pass this over to Michael, who's going to do do a prayer for us, and then uh, he and David will take it from there. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jason. Well, the prayer is from today's lesson, Lesson 97. And, uh, Spirit am I, a holy son of God, free of all limits, safe, and healed and whole, free to forgive and free to save the world. Amen. <laughs> I'm just very grateful to be with you all. It's, uh, it's really being in the presence together that really tickles my heart. Um, and whatever comes from that is really is a joy. It just feels so good. If there's anything to be let go of or to be grateful for, it's all to be grateful for and I'm just, uh, I'm just grateful to be here. So just feeling to pass it on to David now and uh, let him take it from here. So over to you, David. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, what a, what a privilege it is for us to join together in such a deep prayer of our heart for healing. And this is the healing for our mind, which, which uh, we could say contains 
um, the whole universe because there is no world apart from what you think and apart from the mind. And so um, this is very profound. And yeah, I just love to hear the stories of the, the hearts cracking wide open because when we drop the mask, when we feel that that openness in our heart, when we feel humbleness wash over us, uh, then truly we are in a state of receptivity. And uh, that's absolutely important for the miracle to pour through us, for the miracles to be, be performed through our mind and for us to be conduits and channels, you might say, to be the, the hands and the feet and the mouth and the arms uh, that, that share and extend the love of God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It, we can do that when we are open and when we are willing. And if we are ready, it's not like we have to have a resume or that we have to uh, make a case uh, for being a miracle worker. It's just really our willingness and our readiness to allow miracles to come through us. And we are told that one thing that's important is miracles cannot be performed in, in a sense of, uh, of fear or doubt. So literally when we close ourselves off and we feel very fearful and doubting, then we, we are not able to be used as conduits. Uh, and, and Jesus is I, I need teachers. Uh, you are important in the plan. I am calling you to help me. Uh, I do need your help. And I can't really use you. He basically says in the Course, which is quite honest and direct from Jesus, is uh, as long as you're in fear and doubt, you're of no use to me. <laughs> so that's, that's good coming from Jesus like he's he's got uh, he wants to send all these miracles through and he wants to send all these blessings through but but until the mind is willing just for an instant to be still and to lay aside the fears then basically uh, we're of no use to the plan in a fearful state <laughs> we're we're saying uh, no and we do need to uh, fulfill our function and I think that was what's so great about the, the reluctant saint and then that beautiful uh, uh, session that came through from the kindness diaries that, that you can see uh, once you're open and once the love starts to flow through you, it, it becomes um, endearing. And uh, a lot of the people who have lived very simple lives and they may not have much in terms of material resources in this world sometimes have their hearts are so big because they're so used to giving and extending from their hearts that it becomes like a good habit. <laughs> they become um, miraculously minded and uh, giving and they get really in touch with their true nature and, and it becomes very easy and natural for them to give and give and give. It's like what life is to them is just giving. And so uh, it's so beautiful that we all can come together and, and help encourage and nurture and support each other in being open, receptive, and, and learning to be amazingly giving.
uh, miraculously giving. So uh, we have gone through a lot of the, the questions that, that you wrote into us, and we love the live uh, questions and interactions. There's still a, a couple that uh, a couple of questions and comments um, that we have not addressed yet. So I thought I would just start off our session today because we really try to go through all of them. And uh, Bernard from Austria had written in, uh, he's really writing a prayer saying that he would really like to pray for a job where uh, he, he fits in, where there's a sense of um, inclusion and acceptance. And so first of all, Bernard, it's like, thank you for, for writing that and sharing that. And also from everything that we've talked about on the whole weekend, Friday and Saturday, and then also as we go into it today, uh, we are starting to realize that that we want to look at what the prayer is, the prayer of the heart. And to me, when you have a desire for a job where you, where you actually fit in um, and, and feel that sense of inclusion, what you really are praying for is, is to connect and to feel that love and that connection and that strength that comes from being connected to spirit and it starts to turn the idea of feeling included or fitting in from the, the circumstances and the situations and conditions of the world to actually feeling that you have a lot to give and a lot to share and a lot to extend. And therefore, whether it's a vocation, whether it's going to a job or it's a, a family situation or it's a... It's a situation uh, that seems even a little more specific. It, it doesn't really matter. It's where your heart is. And certainly the reluctant saint showed us that when, you're, when you have a willingness and you have an open heart and you're inclined towards being in that love, then it takes off the importance of, of what you seem to be doing and where you seem to be. And it reminds me of uh, St. Augustine, uh, his famous saying was, love and do what you will. Such a beautiful teaching from St. Augustine. And so that's really our prayer. We're all joining you together in the sense that as you connect with the song, the beautiful song in your heart, the song of love and the song of gratitude and joy, that uh, the echoes and the overtones that I talked about uh, yesterday will, will come and bless you. And if it specifically seems to be in, uh, a vocation or a job, then that will happen as well. When you're in line with the song and that song of gratitude, then everything that you perceive will be contributing to that fulfillment for that. And then the other one I wanted to address briefly is Sabine, our friend Sabine over in uh, Northern Germany. Uh, she wrote in and really poured her heart out asking questions uh, 
a bit on um, on uh, the level of form and actions and and also at the level of mind and content. Um, I spend quite a bit of time talking about uh, the focus or the context for prayer and the context for healing is is in the mind and yet um, I, I sense that what what I was feeling too at the end of your question and, and what you shared, Sabine, was that basically you were pouring your heart out and saying you have still some very t- intense emotions that you want to release. And basically the gist of your question at the end was, um, where do I go from here uh, with my life, uh, having retired and having have time on my hands, so to speak, to to offer to this awakening process, where do I go from here? And I would say that the, where we go with the prayer, where we go with the focus of our mind is what we call mind training. That That's what the A Course in Miracles is, A Course in Mind Training. So when you're giving yourself over and you're saying, I have some time, I have my, my energy, my resources right now is is can I can dedicate them to something? Where do I go from here? I would say uh, the focus will be for you in, in, in the prayer of your heart and, and as for the mind training that is required. Again, Jesus had said, uh, I said brief, briefly that Jesus was saying that if you're fearful, you're of no use to me. Uh, another way that Jesus says that very specifically in A Course in Miracles, as he says, an untrained mind can accomplish nothing. So uh, when you think about all the time and energy that gets put into all kinds of diversions and distractions of the world, um, and the mind is flitting around, sometimes in the East they call it the monkey mind, jumping around and jumping frantically from one thing to the next, uh, judging, comparing, competing, uh, fighting, contrasting, uh, striving, attempting to uh, accomplish, to possess, to accumulate. Uh, Shakespeare, I think of all the lines I've ever heard, Shakespeare had the best line for this world, much ado about nothing. That's what all that is. Everything I just spoke about is much ado about nothing. And so Jesus, uh, he kind of piggybacks on Shakespeare there by saying an untrained mind can accomplish nothing. So then you start to realize, oh, that's what this Course in Miracles is about. The text is just helping prepare your mind to do the workbook. Uh, It's just helping give you a better context for the mind training lessons of the workbook. And then... When you look at the workbook, you see that it's only one lesson a a day, and it doesn't require a lot of your time, but it does require your attention. It does require your willingness to make no exceptions. It does require a focus. And so the mind training of of A Course in Miracles, those 365 lessons, is basically what you are called to put your devotion into. Uh, I always 
would say when I was doing the lessons, I, I dove into them so deeply that I was never expecting there to be a tomorrow. I was never, I never really was looking ahead at future lessons. I was throwing everything, 100% of my mind's attention and focus and willingness and readiness on to the lesson of the day, everything. Give it everything as if there is no tomorrow, as if there is no lesson tomorrow. That's the attitude that I went about doing the lessons. And so Sabine, what I would say is, you know, where do I go with my life from this point forward is, it's amazing. The, the course has been dropped into your lap. You've had some beautiful interactions around the context of the teachings of the course. Uh, it's, it's not a matter of digesting uh, the text of the course. It's actually, if you have some really fine teachings, really clear metaphysics with some great uh, examples, and when you have some demonstrations of living this experience, then you've been blessed uh, with a, a head start in terms of the rest of your life. As they say, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And your question is basically, in terms of emotions, releasing emotions, um, there are lots and lots of tools that have been made available. But I think you know my approach. Um, I've worked with people. I've lived with people. Uh, I've done uh, sessions, counseling sessions, one-on-ones, but actually... Uh, some of the most helpful and intensive heart openers and mind openers have been doing like devotional stays for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, where you absolutely dive in to the practice uh, along with a bunch of other mighty companions who are also diving into the practice. And amazing things happen when you give your devotion in that way. So I think... Um, I remember the first time I met you, Sabine, I was down there at the campground of, uh, of the Living Miracles Monastery, and uh, I gave you a big hug, and I remember you were saying, wow, it's been quite a journey to make it out here to rural Utah from, uh, from where you were in Germany, and, and yet I do remember the look in your eye, like you had a, uh, a little look of us and an eagerness and an openness and uh, a willingness to say, okay, what will it take? I'm, I'm taking my steps now. This is a big uh, jump for me to come out of my comfort zone. And not only that, you know, you just, you went for six weeks to uh, Mexico, to the Ajijic uh, area of Mexico. Again, jumping in. It's like uh, one of those uh, Greek islands and diving off the cliff, uh, jumping into the pool. So I would say if you want the short answer for what's next for you in your life, uh, a very prayerful time of opening to dive into the, the practice of the workbook lessons and the practice of the teachings in very much a day-to-day -day setting. So however that plays out. I'm over here in Mallorca. I'm in Europe right now, but uh, I'm in the setup startup phase of, a, of yet another mind training center. 
And I have had these incubators uh, around the world in different parts of the world, and they, they have been helpful. And part of this incubator uh, symbol is just that uh, you can come together with, with a lot of devotion, and the distractions are really in the mind, but the, the purpose is to have such a focus on the mind training and focus on watching your thoughts and support and reinforcement uh, and reminders of mind training in so many different ways that you kind of, it's like a reach a crescendo or you reach a, a threshold of starting to realize how important the mind training is and how this is now your focus for the remainder of what seems to be your life on earth. So you're, you're at the gate, you're at the starting gate of uh, the adventure of a lifetime. And uh, we talk about 100,000 angels. There's symbolically 100,000 angels cheering you on as the gate's about to crack open. And you're about ready to burst forth on your mind training uh, journey to go deeper and deeper toward the Christ uh, that you are and, and going inward. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of addressing the, the gist of it. And so that's, that's a great start. We've got a little bit of time here to kind of dive into practical application, and we love those so questions. So got a hand up, uh, David. Okay. I think she wants to. Good. Let's, let's have, let's have to your follow <laughs> Okay. Very good. Sabine's ready. Go ahead, Sabine. You pointed this out, and yes, I, I wanted to thank you, uh, David. This touched my heart because I want I, I lifted my hand before virtually, and I wanted to say that up to now my heart hadn't cracked open in this retreat, and um, I watched or listened to everything through the through the lens of hate and anger, and I don't know what this time i don't know why but i'm going through this roller coaster of emotions right now from feeling grateful and happy and joyful and then going down and go down to hate and rage and really really deep 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 rage and then i was judging everything what people were saying here and i just keep it to myself it was all through the lens of my ego and I was judging and I, what are they talking about these prayers? I know this book and <laughs> everything. <laughs> so uh, I'm grateful to, <laughs> to, to, uh, to put this here on the altar and to express it because this is what, I mean, I was, I'm so grateful that uh, Eric and Dan and um, Marie and Andrew showed up in the time when I was in Mexico. I mean, they were exactly at the right time there for me, I think it was for me, you know, maybe not, but uh, so um, I got so much from them. And one of the things which um, um, Eric uh, taught me or emphasized is spill it out, your, your bad feelings, bring it into the open. And this is why I wanted to do this right now about my feelings and his, how, why do they show us these films? I've, I know them, I've seen them, and I know everything about the saints. I've read books about them. Uh, <laughs> this is my uh, I know mind, which, which really, uh, yeah, we're chasing, we're chasing after the evil and the, uh, the devil, and, and I don't know what. And so um, 
Then I looked into this book, again, The Course in Miracles, and I randomly opened The Coming of the Guest. And this fits perfectly into what I'm feeling until you realize you give up nothing until you understand there is no loss. You will have some regrets about the way that you have chosen. So there is still the fear of loss. And then there is another paragraph. Your guest has come. So he has come. You asked him and he came. You did not hear him enter for you did not wholly welcome him. So I did not wholly welcome him, but I want to welcome him. So this is the desire of my heart right now. I want to welcome him. And yet his gifts came with him. So there they are. I only have to pick them up. And the, the means which you pointed out are probably mind training. Yes, yes, this came across my mind. And I've, been, I've started to do this in the last 10 days. Every day I listen to your... Um, recordings on YouTube for, of the workbook lessons and the, the reading of the corresponding um, manual, um, and, and and it's great. But it's it's a good confirmation. Thank you. My anger is my anger level is going down now. Thank you so much. Okay, beautiful. Thank you, thank you, Sabine. Because actually, that's beautiful. You and and actually yesterday with uh, Lainey talking about her trip there to Copenhagen with uh, the writing um, retreat with workshop with uh, Kirsten and Jackie. You know, when you do venture out, which you have, you've ventured out to FIP, uh, to all the way to rural Utah, you ventured out to Ahihik. Uh, you know, you, you are using your retirement for practice, for study, uh, for allowance of this dark emotions to come up, which is what happens. And sometimes you do need some mighty companions around you uh, to remind you and reinforce that it's okay to let that darkness up. And Eric was doing that so beautifully. So thank you. You're doing just what Lanny was doing uh, yesterday. You're witnessing to the helpfulness of having these contrast experiences. And maybe they have not become the only way that you see things, but they are these really bright spots that really let you and let everybody else know, as you're so transparent here, you're, you're helping everybody to see this is, it's, it's okay for the darkness to come up. It's okay to rage. It's okay to go through these things. And it's actually part of the process of uh, healing and waking up. So, so thank you. You've, you're giving a gift to all of us, Sabine. Beautiful. Beautiful. And Jeff, I think we can just start to, we're rolling right on in here today. Uh, we can just start to open it up if people want to raise their hands. Um, I did hear from uh, Michael and uh, also from Jason. And then uh, there was another uh, note I just saw. I think it was Julie or someone was, Esther uh, cracked open uh, yesterday too. Uh, during the movie session and so also thank you Esther and, and for writing and that you write and share these beautiful experiences you're having um, just thank you for those that are willing to be transparent because you're actually encouraging others to do the same thing and even though this is a digital format it's it's just as effective as as any other uh, type of format or perception even face to face it's nice to have those hugs, but we certainly go through the healing and the emotions very fast here together. So, Jeff, 
We'll see if we have some hands up. We would love to uh, have some face-to-face -face interactions. And Michael's there standing by with, with the pretty yellow flower and the orange, <laughs> orange and yellow. Sounds good. Um, we have a number of hands up. First one is Gertie. Go ahead, Gertie. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, I had raised my hand yesterday and um, uh, there wasn't enough time and during the movie session I just felt that I, I couldn't talk. I, I thought, well, I have to try again the next day. Um, and today I, I took courage and I want to share what's on my heart. I've written a question also that I would like you to address. Um, but the thing that first and foremost is important to me is that the last retreat, there was a woman, Teresa, she was talking about that she felt abandoned and talking about the ego backlash. And this is a big theme for me because um, every time I come to Lenny's place, I always say the prayer, I'm here only to be truly helpful. And what's happening is it, when I'm there and I've said that prayer and the next thing is that it is as if just everything is on autopilot and I feel, why do I say this prayer when, when I always say the wrong things and I get labeled and I'm, I'm not measuring up and I'm lying to myself and I can't be trusted because I will never change my behavior that I have promised to do, that I will not do things again. And I just feel, why do I not get the answer if I ask for, I'm here only to be truly helpful and help me to, to say the right things. And th this just never happens. And I feel I'm such a failure. I, I'm doing the, the MMT, I'm doing um, your readings every day, the daily lessons, I'm doing this. And still, I haven't got that breakthrough. I'm just not matching up to it all. And there is so much fear and guilt, what I'm doing and what I'm causing in others. And um, I wonder if this is unforgiveness, both for another person and maybe for myself because what I'm really longing for is it is the the this unconditional love uh, I want to feel that I want to feel the connectedness I want to to experience what so many people are sharing during these during these retreats that they they are sharing the, that their, their heart has opened. They are feeling this love. And I asked myself, why is that not for me? I, I just don't feel it. And I, I, I just feel so lost and I feel so guilty that I'm not. It's so heavy on my heart to feel that I'm not, I'm not progressing. I'm not.
And I was so afraid to talk about all this. I, I feel in const, constant conflict. I'm, I'm, I'm not consistent with anything. I feel I'm so, I'm not doing the lessons right. I'm not doing enough of the MMT. It's just, and then I blame myself and I think, well, that, but no wonder that you don't have any breakthroughs, that you are always messing it up and, I, I want to have these experiences as well. And yet I can say it's not true that I'm not, I can feel a lot of joy sometimes, but in the next second it's gone. It's like when the routines kick in, everything is gone. For example, when I, it's some weeks ago when I was riding the horses, I felt this incredible joy and ease and peace and happiness. And then when I come back, it doesn't take long. It's gone. And, and um, <laughs> I just want to feel this. I also want to feel it with all of you. And I don't feel that. And why do I not feel it? And you know my arm? I don't know if you can see it. I can't see my picture here on the on the screen. I don't know if I... If I have, yeah, we can see you. We can see yeah. you. Yeah, usually I see all the others, but well, and and um, you know my arm, the wrist, it's it's more than two months, and it's still not healing. I'm in a lot of pain, and I'm um, it's still swollen, and I think, what is it that I cannot because I can't grip with my hand. And I wonder, what is it that I can't grasp that this doesn't heal? So I would like you to say something about that, David. And also what I wrote about these, I said that with the labels, when you put labels on other people, you keep them there. And I would like to know, do I put a lot of guilt on the other person when I say, you know, every time you call me this and that, do I put guilt on them? Uh, I would really like. Okay. We can address all, all those things. Thank you, Gertie, for just pouring everything out. Um, in terms of your, uh, your wrist, because we were all with you uh, right at the time when that happened a couple months ago uh, for the online retreat. And um, it, it ties into the other things in the sense that um, it's not so much of, of gripping and grasping things as it is a, a process of letting go and allowing. And so I would say that the, the lesson behind the wrist is, is a lesson in, in patience, uh, one of the characteristics of a teacher of God, uh, to, to not uh, judge the time frame of things and, or try to grasp and grip and hold things, but actually... To, uh, to allow your hand to be outstretched and, and to uh, not, not put the thoughts of comparison or um, pressure and judgments, uh, which, is, which is just an old way of thinking, a very critical way of, of uh, why have I done this to myself? Um, why am I experiencing this? And why is it taking so long? Those are like judgments that kind of get laid onto the mind healing 
and, and make you feel worse. So I would say my, my recommendation there was, was to be very gentle with yourself, very nurturing with yourself. And that ties in with the second thing I want to talk to you about. When people seem to come to this world, this is a world of idols. This is a world of uh, dreams and of separation. And when people seem to uh, perceive it, uh, they come toward it with what we might call a level of readiness. Like, for example, when Jesus of Nazareth seemed to uh, come and we'll say seemed to incarnate uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, we get a, a context from the Arantia book that that Jesus had gone through uh, a, a number of incarnations that this uh, time on Urantia or on earth was actually his seventh bestowal. And so when Jesus came as that babe in Bethlehem in the manger, um, there is a level of readiness for waking up uh, that was very high. And so Jesus was actually the first to wake up from the dream of separation in terms of time. As I've said before, in the end, you see the people don't really wake up or become enlightened because the people are the mask. It's part of the mask, and the mask never gets enlightened. It's the mind that recognizes its divinity. It's us. And But Jesus, I'm going to use that example that he was very ready uh, to wake up. And this is not some kind of a factor. It's not like when people try to lose weight or they try to uh, go on a diet or they try to uh, sometimes people say, how can I be more willing? How can I uh, give more devotion to this uh, pathway? Uh, how can I be more thorough in my practice and so forth? And those, there's a lot of things that people find that they can do to help increase um, their willingness. Not with readiness. Readiness is prior to time and space. It's one of these factors that... Uh, in, you know, you can't possibly experience more than you're ready for. You can't receive answers, as we learn in a prayer. You can't receive answers uh, at a level of problems that you can't even understand. It wouldn't make any sense if the answer was there, but your level of readiness wasn't there to comprehend it or to grasp it or to receive it. And so what I think is happening here is the ego mechanism of comparison and judgment. You look around and you look at your daughter, you look at other people, you watch people that are on these online retreats, and then the ego uses it almost like a hammer, uh, as a hammer of judgment to say, look at you, Gertie, uh, they're having the experiences and you're not. And and this is one of the ego's basic tactics to try to keep you feeling unworthy. It's basically, you have a level of readiness that was prior to even seeming uh, coming into the dream and perceiving yourself in the dream that, that is, it's not, you, can, you can't just go to a, a teacher or a psychotherapist or even a spiritual master and say, uh, would you please raise my level of readiness, Jesus? You know, maybe I'm at a at a, a 12 out of 100. Uh, could you put me up in the 90th percentile here so I can uh, can wake up faster? This isn't something that 
that the spirit does, the spirit works with the readiness because there's fear. There's fear. And, and you know, part of the fear and resistance that you had, even with the online retreats that time when, when you had that fall and with, with your wrist, that that was just like a, a, a reflection of some resistance and everything. And that's nothing to feel bad about. Everyone, everyone is resistance. Everyone. And you are not meant to take that resistance and give it over to the ego and say, here, what, what do you have to say? Because it's just going to run the same story of comparison. You don't measure up. You know, this is what the ego does. It always tries to keep you down. It always tries to remind you of, of sin or shame or fear or guilt. It's, it's all it knows. It, it needs those emotions to perpetuate its illusion of a self. So, again, just like I said about the wrist, this is where at, at a mind level you have to just say, you know, I'm ready for what I'm ready for. I am here with my willingness. I am willing to practice. I am willing to listen. I am doing the best that I can with my level of readiness, and this is not uh, something that can be compared. This is absolutely not. Nowadays, you know, in this day and age that we seem to experience now, we have crystal children, we have the millennials coming in, we've got the indigo, ch indigo children, and many adults uh, even have child prodigies, you know, they're like three years old and they're capable of playing instruments and and doing amazing things, and they're only like three years old. And it's because their readiness, they're, they're, it's like a carryover effect of, of skills and abilities. And that is not for us to judge. We are not here to judge readiness. We are not here to judge progress. We are not here to compare people with other people as if it's some kind of a spiritual ladder where people are on the ladder, and, and once you start comparing, then you always will find envy, envy, jealousy, frustration. You will feel enormously challenged if you fall into that ego trap of, of, uh, of judging of, and, and making a hierarchy. Even a hierarchy of spiritual awakening, that, that's a killer. You know, it's still the whole world and all the steps of awakening are all illusions. So what gives us the right to think that we are capable of placing some higher and putting others lower? You know, it's, it's really part of the same fantasy that the ego is talking about. And then um, the third question is the one that you had mentioned when you wrote it out, you basically were talking about this idea of, of, do I have the power uh, through the power of labels and basically telling other people things, what to do or what not to do and so forth? Remember, it's all mine. So, so in the end, you start to realize that, that the Son of God ultimately does not have the power to sin. The Son of God does not have the power to wander off and make up a self that's unlike spirit our lesson for today, I am spirit. And ultimately, the, 
the Son of God in sleep still does not have the power to hurt anybody else because it's a mind experience. Everything is connected. So all that I give is given to myself. Uh, everything I perceive in my brother, in my sister, is something that I must deal with in my mind. Your brother and your sister, you know, they're, they're mirroring back to you things that are still unconscious beliefs. How could you have anything but gratitude when somebody's helping you out by mirroring something that you are unaware of, but you need to be aware of and release it? So you see, it's all working together for the good. But you're bringing up a very deep-seated belief in the power, the belief that you can hurt other people. And this is the same thing that uh, a vegetarian might go through, where they look out and they watch the news and they see uh, the slaughter of animals, or, you know, they see, you know, factories where animals are just slaughtered and processed and so on and so forth, and, and they feel a heaviness in their heart, it's still coming from the one belief that there's something outside of mind, that there's a physical thing that's happening between bodies or, or in the world, and that somehow there is a, a, a sin involved in the action or in the words or whatever. And we have to remember the ego invented the bodies. The ego actually invented words too. There aren't even words in the kingdom of heaven. It's just pure joy and happiness and oneness and love and light. So the ego will use the actions from those invented bodies and those invented words to make up a projection, an uh, outward projection of guilt and then it will keep pointing at that outward projection and say, look at you. You are no spiritual uh, being. You are guilty because of all that you've done wrong, because of these patterns you mentioned. I, I keep going. I say I'm going to stop certain behaviors, but I still do them. And then the ego says, yes, you still do them and you're guilty. It's all part of a trap. But but the true prayer is bringing you back to your mind, to seeing you innocent. I see you innocent. I always enjoy see, seeing you and hearing you. It's, it's just beautiful. And it doesn't, the form of things doesn't matter. Nothing will change but that. You know, you're, you are just so loved and so embraced. And, and I feel such gratitude for you to be able to, to build the strength to even talk about these things and, and speak about these things. I can tell, I can feel from you, that's huge. You have to muster up a lot of courage and willingness just to even be able to speak about them. And so I just want to thank you again, like I've shared with, with those who've been on before previously, you know, this is definitely how the healing works. And, and there is no one judging your progress. You are right where you're supposed to be. You are at your level of readiness, and you are using as much willingness as you can muster up uh, with your level of readiness, and, and God is pleased. The Holy Spirit is, is seeing you, your progress. 
the Holy Spirit doesn't see resistance. The Holy Spirit sees progress and growth, always sees your mind in bright light and, and sees you truly as you are. And that's what you need to remember, that you are so loved. You are absolutely so loved. And, and these things that you're concerned about are not, not to be concerned about at all. So thank you. Thank you, Gertie. Oh, it's precious. Thank you. Oh, oh big release. Big release. Wow, that really felt like one person's question is everybody's question, you know, and the answer is really for everyone. That was just so beautiful. Thank you, David. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you, Gertie. <laughs> it was like I could feel the release as she was even speaking, you know. It's that just that willingness just to let things up and let it out. That's a lot of the release right there. And then, of course, David's eloquent answer there is beautiful, and like icing on the cake <laughs> with the cherry on top. So. Thank you. I just, it's all for me. Thank you. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Okay, next set of hands is uh, Jake and Shannon. Go ahead, guys. All right. What do we do? <laughs> You're doing it. Anyway, hi everyone. So I have a specific question about the course and what Jesus is teaching in it. Um, so I, I actually was pulled into the one mind at one point and the power of that was overwhelming and um i think it sparked a little bit of fear in me but not too much at first and then after a while i think the ego got a hold of it and um i actually suppressed the memory of having it for a few years um and then um i guess the question that my i keep analyzing and trying to figure out is um jesus says that it only takes, in the manual for teachers, he says it only takes one, it only takes one son of God to wake up, right? Or one, I, I forget the wording, but, and, um, but then I see all these other bodies and he's saying that we all have to teach and, you know, um, spread the message and open ourselves up to allowing God to speak through us. So I guess I'm just like trying to figure out and I, Obviously, I'm not getting an answer, and I think part of it is that I want to still have another, you know, to have someone else, because when I was in that space, I was like, wow, like, it really is all me, you know, and it, like, I, so I want, it's like I want someone else out there, <laughs> um, and so I think that's where the question is actually coming from, but, you know, how does that how does that work? You know, if you are one son of God, but we're appearing as all these different bodies, then where, like, do all the bodies have to wake up? Because Jesus is already awake. So there's already one, one that's awake, right? At least. 
And, you know, I talked to him about this, but like, I'm just not getting a clear answer from him. So I thought I would just pose it out to the group here, to you, David, and see if I can actually get an answer to this question that will not leave. And it's been here for a while. So hopefully you can help. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, actually what you were talking about was a, a line, a question that's posed to Jesus uh, in, the, in the manual for teachers. How many teachers of God does it take to save the world? And then the answer is one. And yet, if you really carefully read on uh, from that beautiful line, one, <laughs> a beautiful answer, he will qualify that by saying, and yet this one is not a body or in a body. Uh, so that's kind of a fascinating uh, qualification. Uh, the one teacher of God needed to save the world is not a body or in a body. So, so it's not Jesus, and the, Jesus the man uh, doesn't qualify. We can't say, oh, Jesus did it, and yay, thank you, Jesus, 2,000 years ago. Let's, let's hold, we'll, we'll have a birthday. We'll call it Christmas <laughs> to, to celebrate that. You know, it's, it's this thing of the lesson for today, I am spirit. That, that in spirit, in love, in light, that is that oneness experience that you had where, where you said, oh, it's only me. And it seemed so natural in that state of mind because there wasn't parts <laughs> and you weren't concerned about all the others because <laughs> you were aware that there weren't, they weren't there. They, they, they weren't there. There's one workbook um, lesson where, you know, Jesus is kind of easing us into this because this is pretty radical. Uh, you know, it's one thing to say, row, row, row your boat gently down the dream, down the stream, merrily, 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 life is but a dream. But let's, when we start to talk about this dream world, then it can get frightening to the ego, very frightening that, that the world is but a dream that you need to wake up from. Uh, when Jesus says the world was over long ago, he's basically saying that that dream has ended. Um, not that you don't perceive it, not that you don't believe that it's still going on. He's not denying that there's a belief there and that perpetuates this kind of long linear dream. But he's basically saying it's, it, it actually is not only over, but it, it actually never was. You know, he, if you read the structure of some of those sentences, he says, prepare ye now for the undoing of what never was. Wow. Never had a line like that in history or from my parents or anybody else. Prepare you now for the undoing of what never was. So all of the effort about letting Jesus, Holy Spirit, speak through you and teachers of God and and all the metaphors for duality and multiplicity are all part of, of a metaphor of reaching the mind with some symbols that it can grasp a little bit, almost like lowering a ladder down into the mind and saying, here, grab a hold of any part of this little ladder that you can, anything. Grab, grab a rung, grab the end of it, of anything. Just grab on, relate to something 
and then we'll we'll begin working you might say up the ladder um, where you get to a point where the ladder disappears there is one part in the workbook where Jesus is talking about the world and then he says basically says is not he always likes the double negative is not hallucination a better word uh, for like this this world hallucination you know we're like used to thinking yeah the people that are locked up in the mental institutes institutions are the ones that are hallucinating but nobody has taken the time to think that that the the world as it's perceived through the the five senses and that we call daily life is a hallucination you know and that's why we take the same kind of diagnoses that are part of our our medical model like schizophrenia listening to multiple voices we do that every day you know everyone's schizophrenic the mind that's sleeping is schizophrenic psychosis we we think that people are put into these institutions when they're psychotic when they've had a psychotic break from reality they can't function anymore in the world because they've had a break from reality well actually psychosis is another description that applies very well to the sleeping mind it has had a break from reality a break from god a break from oneness a break from the kingdom of heaven and and you could go on and on with other kind of uh, terms so there's a lot of fear and the fear is the law the belief in loss it's almost like if you went to a movie theater and you on a sunny day and you went in you bought the tickets and you, it takes a while for your eyes to get accustomed usually that's why they leave the lights on but as the movie comes on and the lights go off your eyes get accustomed to the darkness in fact if you walked out in the middle of the movie on a sunny day and you just pushed right through that exit door and you had uh, sunlight right in your eyes after you've been in a darkened theater, a very dark theater, uh, it would be painful for your eyes because, why? Because they become accustomed to darkness. And Jesus says, those that are, who are so accustomed to darkness do not simply rise up once their chains have been taken off them, almost like a prison analogy, like a Plato prison analogy. Even when there's no more shackles, even when there's no more chains, those who have been asleep for so long that are accustomed to the darkness and addicted to the darkness and believe the darkness is reality now, <laughs> uh, they are terrified of, of light. They're terrified of that love. And so for most human beings, they're, they're trying to struggle to survive. They're trying to pay the bills. They're trying to not get sick. They have health insurance. They have all kinds of mechanisms that they're using as part of the dream world to, to live, to stay alive, not realizing that what they're going through is not life at all. It, it, it was never life. The only life that there is is eternal life. And, and this isn't even a good facsimile. This, this bears no 
no semblance at all to eternal life. There's nothing, nothing about this dream world that has any relationship whatsoever to eternal life. And that means that when people are afraid of dying, they don't even realize that it's not death that they're afraid of. It's this, it's actually eternal life. It wouldn't be a problem at all if the mind recognized that the nature of itself as eternal. Death would have no meaning. But within this strange, now familiar dream world, it, everything is backwards and upside down. It's like Alice in Wonderland, you know, that everything's out of position. Everything's uh, has no harmony to it. It's just, um, it's chaos personified. And that's what the human being is. It's chaos personified. If you want to use a, a scientific term, it's entropy. Everything in perception is, is part of the decimation, the destruction. Everything in, in time and space in the cosmos is entropy, is moving towards destruction. And so it's not surprising that, that even having that kind of a oneness experience that you would, you would blank it out, you would um, push it out of awareness because it doesn't have a reference point. Uh, if that's real, then what? You know, that's a frightening question. If that was actually real, then the implications are enormous. Now, for myself, I actually was got into the course, and then I went way off the deep end with the course, like reading it eight hours a day, and I just, I started to just, I mean, everything started to shift and change. Like Alice kind of like shooting up the rabbit hole um, with jet propulsion on. And then I think when I started to come out of the rabbit hole uh, pretty quickly, I actually had on three different occasions these oneness, or I call them revelatory experiences. And even when I would re-enter in my awareness of time and space, it would be fearful coming, coming out of the oneness and re-entering the orbit, so to speak, of, of linear time. It was like a, a re-entry shock, um, going from abstract light you know, back into time and space. But I have to say it, that I was far enough into this, up the rabbit hole, that, that actually those revelatory experiences were actually more beneficial to me. I, I didn't blank on them. I, I was like awestruck by them. And it's almost like I just had pierced the veil so thoroughly that when Jesus said the world's an illusion, I was like, oh... I had an experience of that. So I, I actually feel like for, for you, it, it is important to start to see that that oneness experience can be viewed in a way where you had a glimpse, a really good taste of reality. And that you're not crazy, you don't have to stuff it or, or hold it in. Uh, even when I was on the road and I talked in Florida one time, I talked about my revelatory experiences and then this guy's eyes got real big. And then before I left, everybody else left the room and he came up to me and went, Oh my God. I, that's the first time I've ever heard anybody say that. And then he came up to me and he said, I had uh, that same kind of experience, but I've never 
felt comfortable to share it with anybody until you opened up and you shared it. And, and then he felt, he had a big smile on his face and his eyes were really big because <laughs> he didn't expect that that night. So there, there won't be any intellectual answers um, uh, to the questions. And, and ultimately, there won't be any theological answers. And even A Course in Miracles, if you think of the book, it's, it's just yet another theology, or what I call it, a trampoline. And any child will tell you a trampoline is, has only one purpose. <laughs> Adults may have different ideas, but the children are not confused about the purpose of a trampoline. And that's to, to jump very high and to spring off of it. You know, I know a lot of adults who just buy the trampoline and they just leave it in their backyard and never do anything with it. But the children actually know that the trampoline has a purpose and that's to spring off of it. And if you start thinking of the course that way, not as some kind of scripture where you're going to study it and, you know, like a, like an ancient Jewish rabbi, you know, with a beard and you just uh, study it and, and go through the prayers for enough decades that you'll finally go, oh, oy, oy vey. Boy, man, it's all me. You know, it, it's not meant to be like something that's that's studied and dissected that way. It's meant to be practiced and lived. And then when you take those leaps in awareness and you put it into practice, like the end of the. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, uh, what the bleep do we know? At the very end, Fred Allen Wolf with his, you know, this professor with his hair sticking all over the place and he says that's how the movie ends it's Fred Allen Wolf saying don't take my word for it try it out for yourself you know oh I love this perfect ending to a, a very wonderful movie and that's really the way to keep the course to miracles in mind don't don't take anybody's word for it don't think you have to to devise a way to figure anything out or somehow you know, understand its metaphysical system. It's more like a trampoline. It's just be like a child and be willing to, to spring uh, toward what's in your heart, what really is in your heart. And if you think of it that way, it will keep it uh, much simpler. You won't be trying to intellectually answer impossible questions. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, up next is Anne One. Go ahead, Anne One. Oh, hi. Um, oh, I've, I'm just dealing with a lot of guilt. I had a five-year relationship with another uh, course worker, sort of like it's falling away or coming to an end. And I'm feeling a huge amount of guilt about that, as well as fear and loneliness and um, all those lovely <laughs> egoic things that I'm dealing with. So anything that you can speak to about guilt would be much appreciated. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe Michael, you want to take a stab at this one, because you know what the Course says is that... Uh, all relationships are maximal, and each one has taught and learned uh, 
the most that they can. That was one of those things in the manual for teachers that when I was going through relationships with people that actually were course workers, you know, were, were light workers like myself, and then the parting would be so, there would be guilt, it would be so intense, but I have to say for myself, I, when I popped the book open, that's the part that really jumped out at me, was that, uh, the, that, the, that the relationship only appears to end, and that each one has taught and learned the most that they can, that the teaching and learning was maximal. That just took huge weights off of me when I read that because I, I was feeling a sense of loss, a sense of um, this is over too soon, and I was pouring all kinds of things onto it that was keeping me feeling guilty and heavy. But maybe, Michael, too, you can share a bit because, you know, through our – I know Michael's journey, and uh, you've had – had those kind of uh, transitions too, uh, even with with uh, a light worker, a, a, a wife who's a life worker, light worker, and everything. And and I'm sure um, your perspective on this would be really really helpful. Mm, yeah, that's great. It was totally in my mind. So <laughs> to share about this because it was a very recent occurrence um, that happened that I feel is very significant, but. You know, we were light workers, Course in Miracles workers, teachers of God for a lot of years. And there was a huge amount of healing and it was so wonderful, so helpful, so loving, just a huge amount of gratefulness. And uh, interesting enough for me, when we it was felt like it was maximized, the actual relationship, it's maximized for its healing potential at this time. It's time for us to move on. It felt complete. And I felt very grateful. It felt, uh, we both felt really loving and wonderful. And we went our ways in a beautiful, uh, from a beautiful space. And that was a couple of years ago. It was almost a couple of years ago. And just recently, literally last week, uh, it's interesting enough, she, she called, she had a grievance, which I think is very helpful to actually bring up. And if there's anything going on, just to really clear the air and it was beautiful. She could raise that. We had this beautiful joining and we would, felt like it was done. It felt like it was complete. After, I actually felt this uh, heaviness and I was wondering what was going on. I was really in prayer with Jesus saying, what's, what's going on here? And what happened is this appreciation for our time together, this gratefulness, had turned to indebtedness. So I actually felt indebted to her that, um, and so it was this guilt, indebtedness is guilt, but it became very specific from Jesus. Indebtedness is what I felt, that I actually feel like there was like a tether, I guess if you want to put it that way, like a tether from a hot air balloon was still attached there that really was, wasn't in my consciousness. And it became conscious from that call, accepting the call, and really just being with that is where it became uncovered and me just tuning into something that didn't feel like it was that significant but you know we're here to turn over every stone and not leave any stone unturned and just feeling like oh, I'm grateful and all is well now but 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 there was a but and I don't want to have any buts in my mind and just being attuned to that this thing was uncovered and it was 
it felt so profound, actually. It felt so amazing and so helpful to see this. And I was able to release it. And like all this, this flood of joy came through and true gratefulness then, you know, appreciation for this relationship. It's like the relationship is never over. <laughs> that's the whole thing. It's never actually done because the love never, ever goes anywhere. And that's, that's really what I felt with the relationships throughout my life now. And although, and coming in and becoming much more involved with A Course in Miracles and, um, you know, in the community and what have you, a lot of relationships seem to fall away. But, you know, we look at that as being a problem. Like, that's how the ego views it, especially like long-term relationships, friendships I've had for decades even. You know, they seem to not be so much apparent in the life anymore, and yet the love has never gone anywhere. It's only the ego that thinks something has happened or something has gone wrong. It isn't. It's like Jesus just moves relationships from one to the other. At the end of the day, you know, we don't want to get too heavy into the metaphysics or gloss over things, but they are images, you know, these ones. What, what's a friend? A friend is somebody who's come in and we've developed a relationship. There seems to be some sort of common interests. And then, you know, if interests have moved, if we're, you know, friendships can move on and other ones come in. It's not as if anything has happened or has gone wrong. You know, our ways do seemingly part and divide, but it's never with the love. The love is always there. It's never gone anywhere. It never will change. It's, it's always there. You know, if there is a, a tether, though, this indebtedness like, oh, I'm forever in your debt for the healing that I've had during this time together, you know, that's not it. That's the ego getting a hold of this. That's what I clearly saw. And wow, it just it feels so big. I'm just so... It feels so good to be able to share it right now because I've only shared it with a few people and I felt like it was going to come out on one of these, this retreat or one of these shows. So it feels really good. I wonder if you can get the essence of what I'm talking about there, if there's any sort of uh, string or attachment to the one that I've let go of, that's really going to hold us back and it's, it's, it's going to create some sort of barrier in the life. There's going to be uh, guilt. There's going to be all this hanging in there. And so if there is any sort of grievance still hanging in there, if there's something that feels like it's been unsaid or undone, to really go for it, you know, just to, to connect with them, do that, and, be, and really give them over to the Spirit and wish them well wholeheartedly on their journey, you know, and to, if you like, let go of them and let them flourish and do whatever they're to do now and that it's totally perfect, that whatever's happened has happened if you like, the past is done and over and, and you know, allow the new assignments to come in, the new relationships, whatever else is to come in, because it's all for the healing. You know, It's all for the expansion of the love. But this love doesn't get confined. It gets expanded. And the more we're, we allow ourselves to give ourselves over to whatever the Spirit wants to bring us right now, that's what's most loving. That's what's most helpful. That's most loving to them to the seeming relationship I've had before, you know, the most loving thing is to let them go completely, to allow the spirit to bring us the ones that are most helpful right now. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's, yeah, that's really, gives a good perspective on it. That's lovely. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
next step is Stephanie. Go ahead, Stephanie. Hello, David and Michael. And Hi, Stephanie. Hello, Stephanie. Hi. <laughs> um, here on my paper only, I changed the page of my book and it's only written big release. And uh, I think that what I, I felt during this retreat, because a lot of um, themes were coming up, they touched me very deeply. It was my question. It was from Friday night to, to the last question. Every question is my question. I felt for the first time actually that that is so deep. And um, I wrote also uh, my thoughts about this retreat to you and um, and I actually asked there um, I ended with a question could we pray together and uh, and um, I didn't know why I, I had to write it and I was really like resisting to write this question and um, and this morning I was like after the movie, it was a very beautiful movie session. I, I, and I went to bed and later and in the morning when I woke up and had some time with myself, uh, I noticed that this retreat and all the sharings, that was this praying together for me. Mm. Because I really felt this, apart from the, let's say, theory theoretical uh, stories about um, what the real prayer is but the feeling I felt really the actually in the morning it really I felt still this um, somehow this um, is it the alignment or like really a, um, a communication Mm, with the go with God, yes, and and with this, um, um, and actually, it was not how I expected it to be. <laughs> uh, it it was very beautiful, <laughs> and like. Um, um, without any pressure and expectations. And because all these um, um, problems everyone was telling about, they like, they went through me in somehow, in some way. And it cleaned this alignment. So I'm, thank you very much. And I love you also. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. I saw your question there too, and you were saying, you know, in essence, you wrote a whole thing out, and can we pray together? 
And, uh, and here we are. We're praying together. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and this is really the most, this is a very, very effective way to pray. I feel like we can do it ourselves, of course. But coming together, I love you know, the line from the Bible that we're two or more are gathered. There am I. You know, Jesus is encouraging us to pray together. But it is a, a really beautiful thing. And I really feel these online retreats are that. And here we are, you know, and we can feel the, the joy of the Christ with each other. So thank you. Yeah. Yes, definitely, too. It's like I was reading the Song of Prayer and it was talking about um, praying to the Christ in anyone is true prayer because it's a gift of thanks to his Father. And, and I feel... I can see it in your face that uh, that you've given yourself over to move through, and just every question is your question, and you're you're. It's like you're being lifted up by everything. The whole prayer of the whole weekend has has been an answer to the calling of your heart. And it wasn't too long ago we actually we had a nice little video chat, and. Um, I've had a number of video chats, but you, you said you can come, yeah, come, come to Helsinki and the house right in, in Helsinki. Oh, and, and uh, I'll come to you. Uh, I'll come to you wherever you are. And, and, you know, I think you're getting into that playful state where you're starting to feel your Christness. And, um, and then that's what the communion is. That's how you really uh, feel the joy. You you surrender over to that that lightness, that playfulness, where I find I'm crisscrossing with beloveds all around the world. Sometimes I go to them. Sometimes they come to me. But we rejoice. Uh, we don't come together to hash things out because we don't really believe in the past. We don't hold anybody to the past. We're in that playful, joyful, rejoicing state of mind. And that's the only reason, ultimately, we, if we come together in Christ, we come together to rejoice in, in a prayer of gratitude. Thank you, Creator. Thank you, God. Thank you for all that you've given. Thank you for creating me this way. And thank you for giving me so many mighty companions. And thank you for giving me so many playmates. And, and it is a very joyful thing. It's, it's not only the playmates, but it's, it's a very joyful sense of being together, playing together. Uh, we just, this whole day has been full of, of calls. Um, Emily's been calling, calling. I've done video calls. Uh, Lisa had a call with our friend Frank, and she came running in the room, and she was in such joy and such reverence that I saw her go to her knees on the tile floor, and then she started kissing the floor, and and I was just like, okay, you know, just out of joy, out of happiness and joy, kissing the tile out of out of joy. Uh, and that's what we're coming into. That's why we pray together. It's a purification. It's a coming back to that gratitude for, for God, for everything. And then what seemed to be the problems, we can just see these were like little passing dark thoughts that 
that as soon as we don't give any attention, we don't give any care to those thoughts, uh, they will disappear. They will fade and grow dim and disappear from our awareness because we don't value them. Why would we value judgments when they're so unlike who we are? Uh, and then we learn to just get happier and happier and happier. So I really hear what you're saying, that that it's been a deep prayerful experience this weekend, but also, yeah, I've kept that in mind. I've talked to Svava, oh, we got an invitation to Helsinki, and, and oh, wouldn't it be fun to invite Stephanie down here and play for a little bit down here? You know, it's it's a burbling, it's a, it's a thing in our hearts of happiness. And I feel that. I can see that in your face. I can see that that you're 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 coming into that. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's something to celebrate. It's beautiful. But thank you, and we'll stay in touch. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> thank you. Okay. <clears throat> the next hand is Yua. Go ahead, Yua. Yeah, I, I just want to say thank you because I felt that now I have had also answers and the questions that have come has been my questions too. And I can just say that it makes me, it makes me happy to this joy. This is what I have been so much longing for. But I can also see through this, uh, these years with the Crossing Miracles that I'm terrified that I have so much fear of love. And at the same time, I'm like, I can't stop that call. I can't stop it. And I don't want to stop it. So I can just see I, to accept what is. So my prayer is to say, I'm saying yes, I'm, I will never give up. And I know that only the true, truth is true. I know it. And um, I just, <sighs> I just want to give love and I want to let go of that fear. But it's like, it's so deep what's going on now. So this retreat has really been, all has been a prayer for me. So I'm so happy that I could join you. And, and um, I'm saying this to myself, that I just want to dare more, dare to be a playmate, because I think that's the most beautiful thing. And I feel like a child, I see that child in me that has been like trying to survive and trying to fit in. And now I can see that I must allow myself to be that child again, to come home. And I have, I have a wish to, die before I die that's my wish and uh, 
now just now it's going on like i can see the ego wants me dead it's more and more very very clear for me these two sides in me this and uh, i don't believe the ego anymore <laughs> okay i don't believe it and uh, I, I really want to keep that and this time with you has helped me a lot this weekend so mm. thank you thank you mm. thank you thank you eva Britt. thank you we love you we keep you in mind there in southern sweden shining the light such a beautiful light so hope our paths cross again and, and we rejoice as happy playmates <laughs> Thank you. Oh, okay, the next person is Marguerite. Go ahead, Marguerite. Um, I was so inspired yesterday from the from the talk you gave, David. It was um, yeah. I've been so trying to focus on putting purpose first. And uh, with a lot of beautiful joinings that I've had lately, I've been really opening up to joining. And uh, yeah, I've had a lot of miracles happen lately. And uh, just being in that, well, I call it a void of only giving. And um, it is the but the but <laughs> there's a but of course but the but is um i can still really go into quite deep fears and uh try to fix it honestly um you know i want relief of it i don't sit with it and just look at it i try and fix it and um that gets me in deeper and deeper and even though i've you know we've talked about going through that ring of fear and it has been um it's been demolishing a lot it's there's, there's such a difference from when we last talked um but there's still quite a lot of struggle and the one thing that i've now found out that if i get into one of those deeper things if i don't join at that moment it gets worse and worse and worse so i've really been uh appreciating for the, all the joinings that you know have been happening and um something that is still that i would love to see if you have something to say about that is i keep hearing in my mind you um Fear is under your control. And I don't know how to be gentle with that because there's such a deep calling of, I know what makes me happy, especially when you get the wide opening, you know, when you, you open up so deeply that everything is just fine and loving and um, that's where you wanna be. And then I go crashing down again and um, usually I have this thing, well, fear is under my control, you know, impatience, like that. I don't know how to, I'm really teaching, trying to teach myself and, you know, with all of you, how to be gentle with that fear that feels so 
true. I guess it true is the right word. It feels so true. So if you have something to say about that, especially that line, fear is under your control, and then not to use it with guilt, because I still do that a lot. So thank you. Yeah, beautiful, Marguerite. Yeah, I think um, fear is under your control is, is the same as when Jesus says that you can control the direction of your thinking. So uh, there's the right mind, <clears throat> And that's the forgiveness and the release. And then there's the wrong mind, which is the fear. And it is a choice. And because it's a choice, it's under the control. It's like we can't ask for a being uh, to intercede for us, but just to, to join with us in the truth, to stand beside us in the truth, to remind us of our choice, to remind us that we can choose again, uh, that we can choose to see things differently. And, um, yeah, I was thinking as you were talking, I mean, if it helps, you can almost think of, of like, a lot of times in the spiritual journey, people think of going up a mountain, you know, and crisscrossing and come higher and higher to the top and reaching the top, the, the peak, uh, to remember the Christ. And all along the roadways up the mountain, whatever angle you take or however you circle around, those are are seeming choice points where uh, you do have to make a decision and you pray, Holy Spirit, decide for God for me. You, you don't try to make those decisions by yourself. If you try to make them by yourself, that's egoically, you don't actually go up the mountain. You actually seem to go down a, a little bit. Sometimes the routes can go down. But when you're in that place of surrender, you know, I will make no decisions by myself, like rules for decision, and you feel you're in the flow and you're appreciative and, and things are given you, like go here and call so-and-so and this is next and so forth. You, you feel like you're progressing. And then, now I'm going to talk about the top of the mountain. That's always fun. It's, it's, I give you a peek onto the top. When you get to the top, you know, it's the greatest thing because you realize that all those choices that you thought you were making were already made. They were part of a prearranged script. And it's almost astonishing uh, to think that all those questions and all those many, many millions and millions of decision points were all part of this dream and you start to realize that the top of the mountain also is a choice, but it's a choice different from all the other choices along the mountain, along the, the trip up. It's, it's significantly different. It's still a choice, but it's different than the rest because it's a choice of, of total, complete purpose. It's a, it's a total purpose choice at the top. And it's this shining glorious thing and the the reason it's different from all the seeming choices along the mountain along the journey is that that this choice which is the atonement or the correction the forgiveness at the top is is really not a time choice it does not involve time all the other choices involve time and space and then you get up to this one and it's it's just a purpose choice and it's just it's not 
I don't think it's, it's like a real choice at all. It's like an acceptance. That's what I call it. That's why he says, accept the atonement. It's actually there. It's always been there, all for the acceptance. And that's all it was for, just this acceptance. And then there's like an experience of the merge where everything is, is the same. Everything, everything merges together. And when you have fear along the way, you're, it's fearing the top of the mountain. It's really, it's, the ego is saying there is no top of the mountain. And, and then it says, if you want to believe in a top of the mountain, it's terrifying. You, you, you don't even want to go near that because it'll be the end of everything. It'll be the oblivion. And, and that's really where the fear is coming in. Even as you progress and you do flow and follow and, and do ascend, um, that's, that's really where the fear is coming in. So um, I've been listening to this song on my iPhone. It was one of these songs, I think, um, uh, that, that uh, Eric gave to me. And um, the name of the song is Don't Decide. And it's Don't Decide, Make No Choices. Don't Decide, The Voice Said. Don't decide, and you'll finally get it right. You know, it's, it's amazing to think that we finally surrender, we finally accept the state of being, and there are no choices. And that is why the ego is screaming as you go up this mountain, because guess who invented choice? <laughs> it was the ego. And to the human being, choice is a good thing. And then you get up closer to the top of the mountain and you start to see, oh no, choice is not, is not who I am at all. It, it is a mechanism that the Holy Spirit can use, what the ego made. But in the end, we have to let go of, of choice. And that is terrifying uh, to the ego. That's where the fear is coming in as you go on this journey. You have these experiences. You know what they are. It's just glorious. They're so expensive. And then I call it a little bit of ego backlash or whiplash comes in. Like, don't, not so fast. Don't get too happy here. You know, uh, but we're walking this journey together now. So, so it, it is not a lonely journey. We are, we are truly mighty companions uh, reminding each other it's all worth it. It's all worth it. So thank you. I, thank you for sharing that. And, and I'm with you all the way. And, and it's so glorious that we're, we're here to support. Thank you. Thank you, Marguerite. Oh, precious. Okay, up next is Tina. Go ahead, Tina. Hi. You hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because my internet is very weak, so we will see how this goes. But um, no, I just uh, felt the, the, the need to express my, my gratitude for, for you. To, I want to honor this, um, um, this space that you are... Um, making available for us. Um, it's, it's really 
it's so I feel this uh, is so valuable uh, for for all of us and so so helpful and uh, it really makes uh, that we 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 become stronger together in this and that's what I feel like we are we are all in this uh, together and we are holding each other in this uh, holding space when we fall we we uh, we hold each other and um, yeah and it's it's also amazing that uh, we have this possibility for uh, to get together and it's in this way because it's not possible for everyone to travel and to, to maybe not everybody has the the mighty companions group to to join in and uh, uh, so I, I wanted to, to express my gratitude for, for this um, uh, this possibility that you are making for us all uh, yeah and also it's, it's very fascinating that is that we can be together. We are all in different places of the world, but uh, any, anyhow, we are, we are together and we see each other. And I think that's a, a beautiful symbol of that. Um, we are all connected. It's, so it's a symbol of that. And um, this, that we are so many people joining together, also a symbol of that we are never alone. We are never alone. Even if we can feel that some, sometimes, we feel we fall down in, in the darkness, and but we are actually even um, between these joinings, we are always together, and that's uh, that's a very good feeling. That uh, and for me, it's very important, it's very very valuable, and um, yeah. So actually, after the last uh, retreat we had, I felt inspired to to write a poem to to honor this. So if you are okay with it, I would like to read it. Uh, sure. It's called, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It is time. Time has come to water our garden, to nurture the golden seeds that were hidden in darkness, yet yearns to grow. Together, we build confidence and in the strength of gentleness, we hold a space for those who fall. At dawn, we surrender the world and let it return renewed. Nothing is longer as it used to be. The threats are gone and everything shines. That's all for me. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Timmy. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, so sweet. Blessing. Okay, next is Peter Smith. Go ahead, Peter. Hello, hi David, hi everybody. Hi Peter. Um, hi. I, I feel like uh, you, uh, Eva, um, said very beautifully what I was, what I've been feeling, which is I think it's it's <clears throat> 
today I've just been feeling quiet, but I think it's a lot of fear as well, really, just a lot of fear and that came up in the film show with Jason. Um, so I, I, this happens a lot that my heart opens what feels like massively and then then I just go into what I think is like well, go into a lot of shame uh, and unworthiness like I guess I, I go into a kind of self-attack and yet the yearning the yearning to to expand to is is um, I'm, I feel undaunted, although that isn't really true because I can see that my life is very limited by that fear. And it, yeah. <laughs> it, I've been, I've been watching a lot of my um, sense of lack coming up and, and my resistance to receive, uh, and that all feels the same. Same thing. And with it, a lot of judgments of others that are just really loud um, in my mind. I <laughs> I never quite know what to say when I'm on here like this with you. I think it's I think it's just part of this whole thing that I'm describing. So yeah, I feel quite vulnerable really. Yeah. Yeah. With it all. And you know, it's like why would I want to talk about this? You know, it's it's <laughs> it already feels like the ultimate humiliation somehow. Mm. At one level, excruciating. And then at the other level, so I, I don't want to do it as a, an act of self-abuse, but I, I know to, to have it witnessed is also, can be, Obviously, very healing. Yes. To, to receive the love of others where I don't have that love. Yeah. I don't have yeah. that self. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I mean, I think I and everyone 
feel you so deeply ever since the first time you first came on uh, these online retreats. Um, I mean, I would talk to others even in the community and they'd say, did you see that guy, Peter? Oh my God, it, my, I just looked at his face and my heart uh, opened up. Um, you may call it a vulnerability, but it, it is um, so hope, helpful and so important um, because it's that not hiding things. It's been the hiding that kept it um, buried and hidden. And it was the hiding that kept us in a state of uh, denial. Uh, and really, uh, it kept us from being able to access our, our love and our trust and the light that's in us. And so I see, you know, your witness and your example of, of openness and willingness to just bear your soul as, as hugely healing. And it reminds me of a friend of mine, Howard Storm, who, uh, uh, when he was much younger, he was he spent some time with some nuns when he was very young, and they taught him the little Jesus song, Jesus loves the little children, and all these things these nuns taught him. And then as he grew older, he became kind of a stoic, uh, just, uh, very much in denial, divorced from his feelings, became very intellectual, and he became a, an atheist art professor uh, where he was so cut off from, from who he was in his core. And then um, he took a group of art students from where I used to live in, around northern Kentucky, took him over to the Louvre in Paris. And when he was over there and taking these students through the Louvre, he his intestines developed a, 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 an opening and all this um, acid uh, from inside, you might say almost the buildup of being so divorced from spirit just started to pour out into his um, intestines and eat his uh, intestines away. And of course he collapsed. They took him to the hospital and he was in the French hospital in Paris there, and he went into this long, near what they call near-death experience uh, of many hours. Uh, he, was, he was off for like seven or eight hours on this uh, near-death experience where uh, he felt so alone. And, and during this near-death experience, um, uh, he remembered the nuns and... He remembered the singing about Jesus, you know, Jesus loves the little children, yes, and then yes, Jesus loves me, yes, you know, he's got this, somehow it's activated from when he was maybe a kid at 12 years old or something, and during the near-death experience, you know, he gets a life review, and he can see all the decisions he made in his life, and, and he's an artist, so he sees colors that he's never seen before, whole new generations of colors that aren't on earth, and and he goes through all these experiences, and finally, um, he's wrapped up in this being of light, and this being of light like wraps him up, and then takes him towards this giant constellation of light, giant. And he's going at a great speed, wrapped up by this being of light, and he goes into this giant constellation of light, and the closer he gets to the light, the more he just feels so afraid. And he's 
so afraid and he's like going faster and faster toward the light and finally they stop and he says to the being, I don't belong here. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus has scooped him up and taken him toward the light. And then my friend Howard says, I don't belong here. And Jesus says, you do belong here. And he has such a transformation in this hospital bed as he's laying there with all of his intestines being eaten up. And then um, after he comes out of it, they say, you know, he needs to be flown back to the United States for more operations. They fly him across the Atlantic Ocean. He goes over there, they put him in another room, and they operate on him and all these things. But it's this huge transformational NDE, light experience. And then his wife comes in, and his wife can't even recognize him because he looks the same, but he's he's blowing kisses to the doctors, he's hugging people. She thinks it's like, what happened? What happened to my husband? Uh, he's he's made new uh, from this experience. He's totally new. In fact, she then her fear comes up. <laughs> like, who is this man? And what have you done to my? Where is my husband? Like almost like a different soul because he was cruel and he was condemning and he was cold and he was analytical and he was and here he is just with love 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 well anyway uh i came to know howard because he went back he went into theology he went to become a minister i watched him become a minister of my parents uh church uh, from an atheist, and then he's a minister at my parents' church, and then I, he goes, he's in Oprah, and he's telling his story uh, in a book around the world. And, and I did see him a couple years ago, and it was the most humble, open, transparent, feeling man that I'd seen in a long time. And I tell you this story because everybody does reach that place of vulnerability. Everybody does admit there's a huge gulf of fear there. And he did it in kind of a near-death experience, but for most, they they do it through joinings, through interactions, through all types of ways when they start to just admit like that they want to get in touch with that love. It's important to them. And you, you Peter, you just wear it on your face. You, your face says it all. And and I just can tell you, people are in love with you. <laughs> uh, so you may feel <laughs> very isolated sometimes, but people see you and they feel your love. They feel your call for love. They They feel this deep desire to truly connect. So I just, again, I just want to thank you for for your transparency, for speaking even what is seems maybe strange even to speak, but but still there's something inside of you that's saying no. This is for the healing. This is important, and you you are following that that guidance to do this. And and we're all together. I always say when I meet people, they're lifelong companions, lifelong friends for me. We are lifelong uh, companions. We are walking arm in arm, hand in hand to the light. Uh, yes, sometimes the light can be so blazing that somebody can stumble and stagger 
and maybe even fall down, but we, we've locked arms, so it's impossible to really fall all the way down or, or to be down because of our joining. We're locked arm in arm. And we love you so much, and, and I feel like these expressions, and this has been your entry point to come into these uh, online retreats, and, and it's been a, a very impactful thing. I, I know a number of people... You know, initially when you joined, they were like, did you see that guy, Peter? You know, they were, they were very touched by, by your authenticity, by your, your sincerity, by your, you know, your courage even to, to uh, go at that, knowing that there was, there's fear under there. And yet you still continue to open even in the face of that fear. Thank you so much for being for being that way for sharing that. Uh, love you, Peter. Thank you. I look forward to these encounters that we have. <laughs> it's just precious. The beloved, the beloved. I just wish I could oh hug everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we have lots of hands up. We go five minutes, so I'll pass on the next person if that's okay. Sure, that's great. And uh, Roberto Gainsley. Oh, go ahead, Roberto. Expecting uh, to have this opportunity, but. Uh, you know, it has been such a, a, a marvelous, uh, you know, uh, online retreat uh, with uh, Jason and Mike uh, on Friday. Then on, on your spill on Saturday morning. <laughs> and then uh, that, uh, that um, Father St. Joseph levitating, uh, you know, in, in with movie with Jason. And today this meeting. I just wanted to uh, to say uh, uh, thank you from from this end, and 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 let you know that that uh, the Living Miracles community, Mike, Jason, and Jeff, especially, uh, uh, for 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 students. So it's quite substantial. Uh, the trip that Jeff and 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 Kirsten uh, did uh, with two seminars, uh, it was incredibly amazing on journaling and having. Now after that, you know the the love was so intense that a new group has has uh, formed for and uh, they are meeting every week. Uh, <clears throat> we are going to. Uh, to have uh, a, a Zoom meeting with Susana Ortiz uh, as well over here. Uh, and uh, here in front of everybody, we would like to invite you, David, to come down here one more time. <laughs> so, you know, you know, people are tired of you at all. Beautiful. Thank you. This would be, but my message is that uh, you know this part of the world has been profiting 
you know, quite substantially from the Living Miracles community, myself, uh, you know, in particular. So I cannot uh, have uh, words to thank you all uh, for all the work that you guys been doing. So that was the message I, I, I wanted to, to share. Okay, well, thank you, Roberto, and thank you for that generous invitation. And I have to tell you today that uh, Brazil and Portugal and the uh, Un, Un Curso and Milagre's uh, book have all been on my mind today. And uh, I actually was communicating with uh, Judy Scutch and, and, and Bob Rosenthal and uh, Tamara and uh, Antonio, you know, uh, and another friend of mine, Miguel, and about the the uh, Course of Miracles book in in Portuguese. Um, how's your supply down there? Are you guys have a good? Are the channels open and lots of uh, course yeah. books available? Yes. Okay, because they were telling me in Portugal. I stopped there on my way over here to Spain that they were down to their last 10 books uh, in, in Portugal. And so they were asking me about um, getting, getting the book uh, over there. So that's, I've been uh, doing communications today. Interested in, you know, I have a contact with Fernanda and, and uh, if she, they are interested really, uh, you know, can ship books to them. We have, uh, Plenty of supply down here. Okay, very good. Well, thank you, Roberto. We love you and give our love to everybody. And we love hearing the stories of how everything's just expanding and spreading and the light is shining. And if you see Susana, give her, send my love to her. She's such a dear one too, from, from Spain. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Well, Jeff, I guess we've... We've come about to the end of the hour. It worked out pretty nice there. And wow, what a, what a retreat. I mean, what a topic we picked. Prayer, the medium of miracles. And um, it's just been amazing, the things that have poured through here, all the way from the expressions and the sharings and the, the movies and the, the kindness diaries. And so what a... What an absolutely amazing retreat. And, and I just want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart for participating in this. Like Tina was saying, um, really the spirit has opened this up as, as a genius and, and to use the word possibility. It's just amazing how the spirit is using this, uh, this mechanism of these online retreats and, and how healing it is. And I can just... It's like one person after the other is witnessing to the healing, the healing power of prayer and the effects in their experience. So I just want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart. And, and maybe, Michael, maybe we turn it over. Is there something from, uh, from the course there? And let's yeah. let the words of Jesus be the, the benediction and the closing for this very holy, holy experience that we've all shared. Yeah. Feels good. Lesson uh, 230 is what came to mind. The prayer in there feels so beautiful and appropriate right now. Now will I seek and find the peace of God. 
Father, I seek the peace you gave me, you gave as mine in my creation. What was given then must be here now, for my creation was apart from time and still remains beyond all change. The peace in which your son was born into your mind is shining there unchanged. I am as you created me. I need but call on you to find the peace you gave. It is your will that gave it to your son. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. It's beautiful. Such a precious time joining together. So. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I saw Jason up on the screen too. Yeah, Jason. Let's get Jason in here for his parting words too. <laughs> You're on right after Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he says, Thanks a lot. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, everybody. It's been a real joy for me. Nice to be with you, and I'll see you at the next one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Big hugs. <laughs> uh, thank you.